0: Good morning everyone. Welcome to our Christmas Eve service. We're going to have our special uh, Christmas presentation put on by the children and young adults today. Um, uh, Please uh, mute your cell phones while we do that so then there's no uh, interruptions. Before we begin, let's bow in a word of prayer. Lord God, thank you for sending us your son to earth so that the blind could see, the lame walk, and the sinner be redeemed. Give us open ears this day and open hearts as we hear the Christmas story. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Now, our first hymn is 104, but we need a warm-up. So we're going to start with hymn number 106, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. and turn back one page to hymn number 104, Joy to the World.
1: is the true story of a candy maker who lived in Indiana in the United States. He loved the Lord and wanted very much to make his life and work a witness for the Lord Jesus.
2: Here it is, December again. I wonder if there is some way that I could show the people how, in my town how much I love the Lord Jesus Christ who did so much for me. The only thing that I know how to do well is make candies. I wonder if this is a talent that God wants me to use for His glory. Making candies? Could I make a special candy? A candy that would be a way of telling others about my Savior? Let me see. I would have to start with a pure white candy.
3: White because the Lord Jesus was perfect, right? In Second Corinthians five twenty one, Paul says Jesus knew no sin. In first Peter two twenty two, Peter says Jesus did no sin. And in first John three verse five, John says in him is no sin.
4: could white
2: also symbolize the virgin birth. Isaiah 7 verse 14 says, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Yes, the candy must be white, but it must also be hard. White, pure, hard candy.
3: Yes, Hard because God's promises are firm and unchanging. 1 Kings 8 verse 56 says, There hath not failed one word of his good promise. And Psalm 19 verse 7 says, That the testimony of the Lord is sure. That's right. And Christ is a solid rock to those who trust him. The psalmist says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my strength, in whom I will trust.
4: White and
2: hard. That's good. But what about the shape? Hmm. Oh, I know. Like the letter J or turn it upside down and it becomes a shepherd's staff or a cane. Oh, that's
1: it. A candy cane. J is the first letter of Jesus' name. In Matthew 1, verse 21, the angel told Joseph, She shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins.
2: J represents the staff of a good shepherd. In John 10, verse 14, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and I am know of man. Ooh, that's wonderful. White because Jesus was perfect, and white because Jesus was born of a virgin. Hard because God's promises are sure, and hard because Jesus is my solid rock. Like a jay for the name Jesus, and like a shepherd's staff, with which he reaches into the ditches of this world to lift the fallen sheep and lambs who have gone astray. But... This candy is a little plain. What about some red? Red for the shed blood of Christ. Oh, that's it. Red stripes.
4: Red is the perfect color
3: because 1 John 1 verse 7 says, The blood of Jesus Christ, his son,
4: cleanseth us from all sin.
3: Red stripes to represent the beating that the Lord Jesus endured before he died. First Peter 2.24 says that Jesus bore our sins in his, in his own body on the tree, and by his stripes ye he were healed.
2: Red stripes are good because the Lord Jesus Christ shed his precious blood for me, but I wonder if there isn't one more wonderful truth that I could try to illustrate with my candy cane. I could make one bold, wide red stripe to stand for the one true God, and three narrow stripes would represent the Trinity, one God who has revealed himself in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. For the wide stripe, and know a verse that says, "There is only one God," Isaiah 45 verse 18. For thus says the Lord that created heavens, God Himself that formed the earth and made it. I am the Lord, and there is none else.
4: And for the three narrow stripes, First John 5 verse 7 says. For there are
3: three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one.
2: Well, isn't this wonderful? I can take these simple things like the consistency of a candy, its color, its shape, and its decorations, and the Lord can use this to spread the message of salvation. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to serve you.
1: It is very appropriate that we see candy canes at Christmas as a reminder to us of God's great love in sending the Lord Jesus Christ to earth to be born, to live, and to die to pay the penalty that our sins deserve. The next time that you have a candy cane, remember that it is not a true candy cane unless it is white in color with one bold red stripe and three narrow red stripes to many the candy cane is just a pretty but meaningless decoration but its intended meaning is still there for those who have eyes to see and ears to hear i pray that this symbol will be used again this year to proclaim the wonder of jesus and his great love to a sinful world
0: is this, hymn number 118, and as we reach the last verse, um, we will say the Son of God instead of the Son of Mary.
5: can pause just there for a moment. Years ago, and many years ago now, when we were in Florida, the only time we went to Florida, happened to be Christmas time. And we uh, were watching a group of skaters on a lovely pond. They were skating, they were performing a special thing. And while they were uh, doing that, the hymn, What Child Is This, was being sung. And uh, it just caught us unaware when they got to the end, and I'd like us to do that today with the first four, the babe, the son of God. All of a sudden, that's what we heard, and I tell you, it just takes you by surprise. So when you sing this last verse, Braden, the son of God. Thank you Braden. First, I'd like to say thank you very much to those who participated in that uh, program this morning. It's just so nice to be able to hear again a message that proclaims Christ's birth. And all of you did such an excellent job in the short time that you had to prepare for this. We just thank you. Thank you for that. And thank you for all who have come this morning to join us. On this, Uh, indeed, I thought of it the same way, Braden, Christmas Eve, uh, but I called it Christmas Eve morning, but it's Christmas Eve, isn't it? It's the 24th, indeed. Before we go on, let's just uh, pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time of year. The time of year that ought to cause us to pause and think upon the Lord, our Savior, having come to earth. Lord, as we gather together this morning, help us, we pray, that we might put aside the things of this world and concentrate upon heavenly things, upon God, our Lord, upon our Creator, the one who loves us and will never forsake us. We thank you for each one bowed in your presence. Lord, you know our needs, you know our heart. Work in us today, we pray. O Lord, equip us, we pray, to better serve you. Or perhaps, Lord, for some who might come to know Christ, whom to know is life eternal. So bless our time, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. The verse that's on the screen, 1 Timothy 3.16, as I thought of that verse, you know, I think of John 3.16, Most everyone knows the verse John 3.16, but here is 1 Timothy 3.16. And when you think about it, although this is not the verse that I'm going to take apart or anything like that today, but we will look into what this verse says, I thought perhaps let's start with this. Let's read it together right there on the screen. Let's start with the reference 1 Timothy 3.16. And without controversy... Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on the world, received up into glory. As I said, I'm not going to take that verse and and take it apart or so on, but rather as we go through the message this morning, you will see this verse. And... uh, Trust that it will just help us to think upon these matters. I'll be home for Christmas, you can count on me. Please have snow and mistletoe and presents on the tree. I thought I'd begin my message this morning by singing this song, but Iris thought that I should reconsider that. However, you've heard it many times, I'm sure, this year. The radio came on this morning to wake us up. And you know what song came on right then? Yes, I'll be home for Christmas. See, we've heard it many times. Home for Christmas seems to, be, seems to be a very important part of our lives, doesn't it? I began our Christmas letter with a similar thought because I'd been pondering the Christmas story. There we were reminded that Mary and Joseph would not be home for Christmas. As we read in Luke chapter 2, verse 4, says, So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. Now that is over 110 kilometers. Pretty far for that young couple to have to travel, isn't it? My thoughts went also to what it meant for God's Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to come to earth. Emmanuel, God with us. The hymn writer Emily Elliot wrote it this way, Thou didst leave thy throne and thy kingly crown when thou camest to earth for me. The Lord Jesus wouldn't be home for Christmas either, would he? Neither Mary and Joseph, or the Lord Jesus, was at home that very first Christmas. However, as we think about this on this Christmas Eve, we need to consider other things as well. At the Christmas season, we are thrilled to see the nativity scenes. I like to see that: the baby in the manger, the sight of a little baby thrills us, doesn't it? So so tiny, so beautiful, so wonderfully made, a marvel of God's creation. We love to hear and sing the carols that are so rich with the message, the message that has so many aspects of the Christmas story, the angel's message to Mary and Joseph, the angel's message to the shepherds, The joy of Simeon and Anna at the coming of the Lord's Christ, as we read in Lot two and twenty six and thirty, God's salvation, the visit of the wise men who brought their gifts and worshipped the young child in Matthew chapter two, verse eleven. But the world would not have us to concentrate on this thought. See you may have noticed signs up at Christmas time, and it says just about anything except Christmas. Out our way, the Canadian Tire <clears throat> store has the sign Christmas starts here. However, it doesn't, does it? We read in first John chapter four verse verses eighteen to fifteen, especially the last part of verse 14, that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Does Christmas start anywhere else but here in this verse? Christmas started in heaven. The events surrounding that first Christmas that I mentioned earlier, and many more, are are appropriate to remember. No, No problem there. But I wonder if we sometimes
4: forget That baby. Who that baby was. We sing, what child is this?
5: Do we forget that the eternal Son of God left the glories of heaven? Left the presence and the fellowship of God the Father to become that baby in the manger. From eternity past, before the earth was created, before time began, he had always known that glorious relationship with his Father. Think of leaving all of heaven's glories and perfection, setting it all aside so that he could come to earth to save his people from their sins, as we read in Matthew 1, verse 21. I referred to Emily Elliot's hymn. Earlier, thou didst leave thy throne and thy kingly crown when thou camest to earth for me. Then the next word is, but in Bethlehem's home there was found no room for thy holy nativity. The Lord Jesus left behind everything in heaven and as a little a human baby.
4: He came to earth, but he did not receive even a royal reception.
5: Christmas story didn't start in Nazareth with the angel visiting Mary or in Bethlehem with the birth of the baby. It started in eternity past. Listen to what John says in John 1, verses 1 to 5 In the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god the same was in the beginning with god all things were made by him and without him was nothing was not anything made that was made in him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended not now skip to Verse 14 of that same chapter. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word. The Word was clearly the Lord Jesus Christ, who came to earth, and not only was Jesus present at creation, he was actively involved in creation. John, the one who had seen God's glory at the Mount of Transfiguration, says in John 1 verse 3, all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. The Apostle Paul, he agrees with John when he says with the words in Colossians 1, verse 17, telling us that the Lord Jesus Christ was actively involved in creation, saying, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Not only did the baby of Christmas exist as God before he came to earth, and as creator of all things, Micah 5, verse 2, tells us in his prophecy that, that of this one who would be born in Bethlehem, he says, his goings forth have been from old, from of old, from everlasting. He is eternal. He is everlasting. That is, from everlasting. But our limited human understanding cannot really understand everlasting or the word eternal. The Lord Jesus himself is quoted in Revelation chapter 1 verse 8 as saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. The Lord Jesus did not just show up in Bethlehem he took on a human form at that time but he had been in the presence of god from eternity past we've already heard that this baby was god in john chapter 1 verse 1 other passages emphasize that same truth paul says in philippians 2 verse 6 that jesus existed in the form of god see jesus is not like God. Jesus is God. He is divine. He is an unchangeable God. He possesses all the attributes of God. The writer of the book of Hebrews, in chapter 1, verse 3, uses the words that Jesus is the exact representation of God's nature. The exact representation of God's nature. God is a spirit. And the only way we could see the form or essence of God was if he appeared in visible form. So John, in chapter 1, verse 18, says, No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. He has declared, shown us... Made known to us emphatically, openly, formally. Only God could do this. When the Lord Jesus healed the man at the pool of Bethesda, Jesus told the Jews in John 5, verse 17, My Father works hitherto, and I work. In verse 18 of John 5, he adds, Therefore, the Jews sought the more to kill him. Why? Because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but he said also that God was his Father, making himself equal to God. The Lord Jesus was God in the eternal past, and he was God when he came to earth. Now, Peter, James, and John, I mentioned already, but peter james and john caught a glimpse of the glory of jesus on the mount of transfiguration you remember peter wrote about this experience in second peter 1 verses 16 to 18 and he says for we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and the coming of our lord jesus christ but were eye witnesses of his majesty for he received from god the father honor and glory. When there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven, we heard when we were with him in that holy mount. He's saying, we saw it, people. We were there, people. We heard it. That's what Peter's saying. In the Lord Jesus' prayer, John 17, verse 5. He prayed, And now, O Father, glorify Thou me with Thine own self, with the glory which I had with Thee before the world was. Did you hear that part? The glory which I had with Thee before the world was. In these few words, we have the Lord Jesus Confirming that he was present before creation and he had glory equal to God or with God's. The Lord Jesus lying in that manger was not just another baby, he was God in human flesh. This baby was the fulfillment of Isaiah's words in the Old Testament in Isaiah 7, verse 14, saying, Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. The virgin's son was to be Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now the angel confirmed to Joseph in the New Testament... Matthew 1, verse 23, that the baby whom Mary carried was the very one whom Isaiah wrote about. And I'll read from verse 19. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David... Fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, here it is, verse 23, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which, being interpreted,
4: is God with us. What child is this, lying in the manger? Go ahead. Pick him up. Pick him up. Hold him. And look closely. We tend to look
5: at him as baby Jesus. And he is that. But we have to look beyond the baby and recognize him as who he really is. The Lord Jesus Christ. The Son of God. As you hold the babe in your arms. Let's review a bit what we've said. We've said that this child was... In the beginning, before creation began, he was with God, He was God, and secondly, we've noted that the Bible tells us that all things were created by him amazing, amazing, isn't it? He was in the beginning, before the stars and the universe, before his mother, he is the ever-existent one. Eternity is in this baby.
4: Do you feel the weight? He is the creator of all things that exist. And thirdly, because He loves us,
5: the plan of God the Father was that God the Son would come down from heaven be born of a virgin, be laid to sleep in a manger. And his name? His name is Jesus. The Bible also calls him Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus, God the Son, is the Word of God. But think about it, the eternal, all-knowing, all-powerful, creator of all things, came down to earth to us, taking on human flesh. The child is God made flesh. The carol, the Christmas carol we sing, hark the herald, angels sing, glory to the newborn king. It also says, veiled in flesh the Godhead see. He Jesus came down to this earth to become a man, to be able to be like us. He breathed and he walked this earth. He was tempted, the Bible says, but he did not sin. He had problems like you and I have. He had enemies. He was wrongly beaten. He was whipped. He was crucified. Not because of what he had done, but because of our sins. And fourthly, we would add that he was the perfect Lamb of God. He took upon himself our sins. He was our substitute as he went to the cross to die for our sins. Yours and mine. What child is this, lying in the manger? You can put him back in the manger now. He is Jesus, the Son of God, God's gift to us, the Savior, the Savior of the world. That's why we can't think of Christmas without thinking of Easter, can we? Strange thing to say, perhaps, but we can't. You remember John 3.16, we said that earlier, we mentioned, for God so loved the world that he gave. That's
4: the gift. He gave his only son, that's Jesus. That whosoever, that's you and me, whosoever believes in him
5: should not perish, 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 That's eternal separation from God. But have everlasting life. That is eternity with God in heaven. A new life that begins here on earth and goes on into heaven for eternity. This child is God's rescue plan. God's rescue plan. When Adam and Eve believed Satan and disobeyed God, sin entered the world. But God did not abandon us. He promised, He made a covenant that He would save us, redeem us, buy us back, you would say. He promised that He would redeem us, He would send a Savior, Jesus, His Son would come and give his life on the cross of Calvary to pay the price for our sin. The human race could not produce a person who would be able to save anyone from his or her sins. But the angel made it clear to Joseph in Matthew 1, verse 21, and she shall bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus, he shall save his people from their sins. That the one who was conceived in Mary by the Holy Ghost would be the very one who would save his people from their sins. The
4: promised one. What child is this? Lying in the manger. He's Jesus.
5: He's Jesus, our Lord and Savior. In his comments on the book of Philippians, William Hendrickson says, and I'll quote here, from the infinite sweep of eternal delight in the very presence of his Father, he, Jesus, willingly descended into this realm of misery, in order to pitch his tent for a while among sinful men. He before whom the seraphim covered their faces, we read in Isaiah 6 and John 12. The object of most solemn adoration voluntarily descended to the realm where he was, despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Isaiah 53, verse 3. End of quote. It's mind-boggling when you think about it. God himself, setting aside the wonders of heaven, took on human form and became one of us. The Creator, The creator of the world humbled himself by becoming obedient and obedient to the point of dying on the cross. We're told in Philippians 2 verse 8 so that we would
4: be with him forever. Think about it. That is amazing love.
5: Dottie Rambo wrote, If that isn't love, If that isn't love, an amazing hymn after he left glory's heaven, she writes, coming down to earth and dying for your sins and my sins. She says, if that isn't love, the ocean is dry. There's no star in the sky and the sparrow can't fly. If that isn't love, then heaven's a myth. There's no feeling like this if that isn't love. We've mentioned that on that first Christmas there was not a royal welcome for the Lord Jesus. Only Mary and Joseph. Few shepherds seemed to have appreciated who was that baby in the manger. It was rather humble birth. However, God saw fit to have the arrival announced by an angel who declared to the shepherds. And I think, can you picture this? The angel in the middle of the night. Fear not. That's enough to scare me. Fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord. Following this magnificent news, a heavenly host appeared, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. It's it's as if it couldn't be contained. Heaven had to rejoice. Good news,
4: great joy, Jesus has come. Scripture reveals that there's another time
5: when angels must rejoice. Jesus himself says in Luke 15, verse 10, In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. God the Son, the Eternal One, the Creator of all, left heaven to be born as a baby and that same lord jesus came to die on the cross 1st timothy chapter 1 verse 15 tells us plainly he came into the world to save sinners mark 10 verse 44 adds that he came to give his life a ransom for many to deliver us, or or release us. And I must add here my favorite verse, John 1, verse 12, But as many as received him, to them gave he the power or the right to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Wouldn't it be wonderful If at this Christmas, 2023, the angels would be rejoicing in heaven because someone at the Berean Baptist Church in Sudbury trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. The Apostle Paul, in the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verse 4, tells us that God sent his Son to redeem us. Come to the Savior. Make no delay. Here in his word he has shown us the way. Here in our midst he's standing today.
4: Tenderly saying, come. Won't you come today? He's waiting. He's waiting for you. We're going to have a message
5: In song now by Deborah, Marisa, and Therese, they're going to come uh, with this hymn, Home and Christmas, and I thought it ties up what we've said this
4: morning. So if they would come, please.
0: turn in your hymn books to hymn number 122 now as we sing that um, we're going to have the, the women and men trade off singing the verse and then we all sing the chorus together so the women will sing uh, verses 1, 3 and how many verses are there? 5? 6? <laughs> 1, 3 and 6 1, 3 and 5 And we'll all sing the choruses. The men will sing verses 2, 4, and 6, and then we'll all sing the chorus. You know what to do.
6: (laughs)
4: Before we close in prayer, just a reminder that tomorrow, our Christmas
5: Day service will be held from 10.30 till 11.30. So uh, if you're able to join us, and uh, as said in the bulletin, it's an informal time when you come and come prepared if you can to share a testimony, a verse of scripture, a song, a poem, something that is on your heart that you would like to share. Because remember, as you share, you encourage your brothers and sisters, you encourage others around you, and that's what we'd uh, want that day to be. And remember, as uh, I heard that song again, sung by the, uh, the girls, I think to myself that line, the forever home, I'll be forever home. I think to myself, where will your forever home be? Today, today you can make that a certainty, a surety, by trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. We've talked about him today. We don't have to go through that again. In your mind you can. But think about it. Where will I spend my forever home? Heavenly Father, how we pray that you would speak to us again through your word, and remind us, O Lord, that you sent the Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, to this earth to be our Savior, that he would become one of us, for none of us could die for our sins to pay the price, but Jesus took my sins. He went to the cross, and he paid my debts in our death sin, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life forever with the Lord. Part us now with your blessing, we pray. We ask in
4: Jesus' name. Amen.